Welcome to the Sweet Support Podcast. In this podcast, we'll explore the joys and challenges of fitting diabetes care into your life. With curiosity and compassion, we'll show you how nutrition, a personalized approach, small steps, and supports will give you a map for day-to-day health decisions and self-care. Here are your hosts, Marianne Evans-Ramsey and Migret Fletcher, diabetes educators and dietitians for Wentworth Health Partners. Are carbs bad? Is protein good? What about fat? Are you confused by diet and wondering what the heck to eat with diabetes or prediabetes? Well then stay tuned. Hey Marianne. Hi Migret. How are you? Good. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, as you know, I am a dietitian and I love talking about food. And as you know, I'm a dietitian and I also love talking about to f- about food. So this podcast mm-hmm. is what the heck to eat. And our um, as one of our key messages, nutrition is the foundation of health, and that is going to be our focus today. Cool. So what is a healthy diet? We will definitely talk about that. So what the heck to eat? That's pretty much what's the most frequently question that we get from our clients. Yeah, and for sure. we get these kinds of questions. What should I avoid? Uh, what should I absolutely stay away from? What's good and what's bad? Like what's bad for me? And we often end up talking about adding food back in as it goes. There's a lot of black and white thinking, the all or nothing, good or bad, right or wrong, that um, our clients will come with their first questions or their focus for the looking at diabetes and diet and blood sugars and We know that that can make people feel safe to a certain extent, but it can also lead to feelings of shame if they're thinking, I ate this food, it was bad, I'm bad. So we like to move away from the black and white thinking and we'll explore that a little bit in this episode. I think that's super important because so many times people come in to go see me and when they and they takes a lot of courage to kind of come on in and see the dietitian because they just assume that you and I are going to be yelling at them or I don't know being mean or something yeah chastising or it's like going to the principal's office or something I know like oh you have diabetes now you have to see the dietitian and actually we do a lot of games and laughing and getting out different kind of cool teaching tools so it's a lot of fun and I think that's the comment that I get the most from my clients is, this appointment is not what I expected. What do you get? Yeah, I get, I get that too. Uh, people will say, well, you're, you're going to think I'm bad or you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna chastise me for this, you know, but, but we love food and we love talking about it and we like to look at the positive. We want to we talk about nourishment. We won't want to talk about punishment. Exactly. And I think one of the things that surprises people is when you are trying to eat a healthy diet, it's really not about restriction, but it's really trying to figure out what is a healthy diet for you. So I'd like to explore, Mary, are you up for exploring what is a healthy diet? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So I think fundamentally it's a diet you enjoy eating. 
it's a diet that offers you enough energy. So that's a little different message than don't eat this and restrict and all those things. And it's a diet that gives you all the vitamins and minerals and fiber that you need in a day. Yeah, so elaborating on that a little bit more is you want the food to taste good to you. And I often hear a comment that um, if it's good for you, spit it out. I mean, just crazy talk right. about that. Right. So we, we, we do not recommend that you eat food that doesn't taste good to you. So it's, it's going to take some exploration to find those foods. But also, we, we're going to encourage you to aim for high-quality uh, foods that give you the maximum amount of nutrients Again, that's the foundation of health, and that often means less processed foods, and we can help you discover that or explore that. And also, we're looking at diversity and variety because that will enhance your total nutrition. So you said a couple of things there, Marianne, that I'd like to unpack a little bit more. So foods that taste good to you. I actually don't like the texture of mushrooms. And so when people say, oh, well, mushrooms have a lot of X nutrient or Y nutrient, you know, I don't really like the taste. So I would avoid recipes that might have mushrooms in it because that's not a food that I like, even though it may be good for me or it may be very low in carbohydrate. So you work with someone's preferences? I sure do. And, I, and uh, everybody has their food preferences. And, you know, they, they can typically name the foods they love, and then they can name the foods that they hate. Right. Or at least they will use that <laughs> typically as the language. Um, and, you know, it may, be, it may be a texture thing, like you mentioned. It mm. might be a taste. It mm. might be, as we know, a food memory. Like mm. a food memory can just set you off. It's just, it's just not pleasant. So we're going to say, all right, you know what? There's a lot of foods out there. We can explore foods with the same nutrients. We can look at the flavors and the, 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 the flavors of different foods. Mm. And so we've, we've got a lot of room to explore there. Now, when you said less processed, you're not meaning like no processed. I mean, people are busy, so yeah. it is okay to you know, figure out how to swing through the drive through or how to use a canned vegetable, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, again, there's a, there's a range of opportunity here. Yeah, we, you know, the less processed, I mean, some processing is, you know, you're not going to eat all raw foods. Oh, phew. You know, and so <laughs> some processing is necessary. And then there are, like you said, People are busy, so it may be looking at within the context of their life, what are the less processed foods they can bring in? Mm. And then it, it's going to be sort of a balance. Yeah. Of, you know, it, it could be a process of moving towards those things more often, having them be the greater percentage, but it doesn't happen overnight in any way. Um, and there's no one best diet for people to follow. There are there's some common principles, but there you even know that with diabetes, there's no one set way to do it. So, what are those common principles you mentioned? Well, let's look at um, an important piece, which is feeding yourself on time. It's very important to be dependable about feeding yourself. You don't want to figure out 
what you're going to eat until hung, you know, at the point of which hunger arise, because it's a, it's not a time where you're likely to make decisions that are going to be helpful for your blood sugars. Is that when you're hangry? Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I definitely get hangry. Yeah, you, know you get hangry. You're going to just grab anything. You're going to grab the thing that's easiest. You're going to rip open a bag. You're going to mm-hmm. just, you know, you don't care. Just mm-hmm. let's get this feeling taken care of. So, so being dependable uh, about feeding yourself is a is part of that equation. I like that. So, in diabetes, we like to talk about how your energy is distributed throughout the day. And I think that that's really important to understand. So many of my clients will come in and they'll say things like, well, I don't eat breakfast and I I never have time for lunch. So when I do eat, it's dinner time. So they're kind of getting all of their energy needs met at one meal. And that actually makes it hard for our body to A, get the nutrients that we need, but to process all of that food, which is kind of coming at us at one time. Yeah, I would agree that that distribution of, of food across the day is is optimal for blood sugars and and to avoid that hangry experience. Mm. So kind of thinking about it a little bit differently, how would what would be the one suggestion you would offer a client who's coming in? Uh, just a simple change. Any come to mind? Yeah, I would. Well, I think for those that are are meal skipping, mm. I would I would um, encourage them to gently tune in mm-hmm. to their bodies and try to notice when hunger is starting to surface. Not la- not screaming at you, but mm. but just um, starting to emerge and to find a food that they can carry along that mm-hmm. would begin to address that. Mm. So hunger like that gnawing, queasy, grumbling kind of sensation that's in the upper part of our 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 chest. It's it's kind of in between or just below that little V in our rib cage. That's where our stomach sits. So that's the space where we're going to kind of focus our attention. Yeah, and that's a typical those are some typical Symptoms that mm. our body is saying, I need some food, and mm. and sometimes I'll also recommend as a starting point is to just take a look at the beverages that you start consuming mm-hmm. with the start of your day. A lot of times, that's the way people start, not with solid food, but they start pounding down coffees or sodas or things that might even mask that that right. hunger signal that that is there. I'm guilty of that. I'm an avid coffee drinker, so so I hear you. You like to talk a lot about breaking the fast. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to be different for everybody. A lot mm-hmm. of people say, like, I'm not hungry when I wake up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's okay. You know, people are going to be hungry at different points when they, when they awake. And so just gently bringing your awareness every half hour or maybe even every hour just like when when is that point to break the fast mm. when when is your body saying okay it's time for some energy i like fuel. that 
I yeah. like that. That's yeah. really nice. One of the suggestions that I have to distribute the energy throughout the, the day is to try to eat more than one meal a day. Mm-hmm. And if we can optimally eat three meals a day, have that breakfast, have that lunch, have that dinner. Mm-hmm. I know for myself, I'm not a big uh, breakfast eater. So I kind of break my breakfast into two parts. Mm-hmm. I have my first breakfast and then I have my second breakfast. Mm-hmm. So it's small, but it allows me not to you know, feel overfull in the morning so I can kind of go about my day. Yeah. And and for some people that aren't, uh, haven't for a long time eaten in that way, sometimes it's it's a practicing of that pattern mm. that allows them to begin to even notice some of those, those signals. Yep, absolutely. So it might be, it's not quite a fake it until you make it, but it's like practice it and start to notice. Right. Yeah. I like to think about it as that things that are new are unfamiliar. It's familiar to skip breakfast, so that's what feels comfortable for us. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. we start eating breakfast or we mm-hmm. start eating a mm-hmm. snack, it's unfamiliar, so it feels uncomfortable. And actually, like you said, that gentle awareness tuning in can really help us. One of the foundations for health, though, is that we live in a culture of dieting and that culture is makes it very very difficult for us to think about nourishing our body and that culture of restriction that culture of dieting is always telling us that you can't eat and I find for myself that that's a big barrier for my clients because when you get diabetes or pre-diabetes and your blood sugars are elevated it's almost like that restriction you can't eat you can't have foods that you love you can't eat you, you can't eat foods you enjoy. It's like it's magnified, it's amplified, not you know once or twice, but like tenfold. What's your experience, Marianne? Yeah, I agree that the, our clients that come in with that focus are feeling really dreadful about the connection with what they're eating and managing their blood sugars. They It really takes it to a... a a very negative way of of trying to take care of themselves. There's a lot of emotions to food, yeah, aren't there? There are. There are. And um, so, as I had said earlier, we're often ending up talking about how our clients can add food back in, mm. and that's surprising for them. It is. It is. So, and let's talk about some of the things that we hear that. Um, our clients have started to change before they come to see us because they often like jump on it you know they're concerned they get this diagnosis and they want to do something and so you know they might talk to their aunt or their sibling or they might reach out to the internet and they just start digging in Mm -hmm. and so some of the common things that I hear is that they stop drinking soda they cut out all potatoes, bread, and pasta. Yes. What, what are some of the things that you hear? Junk food, um, the sugar and the cream and the flavorings and the coffee, those are big. Mm-hmm. You know, letting go of those um, really sweet uh, drinks that people have, like the culottas and the mocha frappuccino-y kind of thing. Energy drinks yeah. sometimes or the Gatorades. Yeah, lemonade the, is a big lemonade, one. Lemonade, yeah, yeah. Is a big one. And I think that, you know, we want to make changes to our diet. That's great. 
And I agree that there are so many foods. There's our diet has so many opportunities to eat these highly processed, very sugary foods that you know they might taste good, but they may not make us feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, so for myself as a dietitian, I do ask people to look at the beverages because I do think that there's a lot of carbohydrates in the things that we drink. Right. So. Uh, as I discovered too, that a lot of our clients are drinking their carbohydrates. They're drinking their calories, and they are. and this and and by beginning there can be a great shift to start to help the blood sugars. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but I think that that's different than, um, and I think awareness is really helpful. I think that's different though than restriction, and restriction to me is um, it's not a sustainable behavior. So this idea of cutting out all carbs, this idea of never being able to eat something again, I just, I don't think it really works for people in the long term. So there's a balance and trying to help people identify where's that right balance between, you know what, I was eating these foods because they were fast and I could get them through the drive-thru, but are they really making me feel good, that tuning in, that checking in piece again? Right, so it's it's not simply a matter of that external knowledge of, okay, that's high carb or that's high sugar, but how does that food make me feel? Exactly. Because yeah, that can inform your food choices a great deal. It really can. Yeah. And a lot of people with diabetes, they're checking their blood sugars. So you could also ask the additional question, what does that food do to my blood sugar? Right, right. And you, and that is even part of that, like, uh, we're going to get into personalizing the plan or customizing a plan or not even just that there's one set diet, but you can learn so much from simply looking at your p- patterns of blood sugar and consumption of different combinations of foods or different types of foods. Absolutely. It's a great tool. Yeah. It's a great tool when, when people are checking blood sugars to add that in. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, there's a um, dietitian that, um, and, and she's also a social worker, and she has a great quote that I'd like to share. She says, and her name is Ellen Satter, uh, nutritional quality falls into place when we stop thinking about avoiding and start putting energy into providing, which I love that because it fits into what we've been just talking about, about restriction and sustainability of, of these, these recommendations. And I love that too, because you, you can look at your diet and you can start saying, am I providing my body with nutrients? Am I providing my body with nutritional energy? And those would be energies from, you know, things that do contain carbohydrate, including you know, potatoes and breads and other things. So there's lots of foods out there that people are afraid to eat because they have carbs, but yet that's a fear versus how can I provide my body with a consistent amount of energy that's distributed through the day that offers that balance. Right, and also going back to, you know, thinking about what can I provide my body with around nutrients, and that might include foods that are high in magnesium, just for example, as one nutrient, which are found in whole grains, 
leafy greens, almonds, and other nuts. Uh, the black beans or other um, legumes, um, seaweed, <laughs> avocado, and bananas and potatoes, and so you know we have lots of nutrients that our body needs for all these different. Um, reactions in our body to process our our nutrients but also to utilize them and to keep ourselves healthy and help our blood sugar le levels so you know that's the providing piece versus the restricting how can I provide how can I provide the nutrients around right. those things because so. if you're restricting you wouldn't be thinking about that and right. we're not thinking right. about optimizing our health when we're restricting we're thinking really about this kind of avoiding and not being allowed it's a right. very negative. not being allowed it's bad for me you know it's and so we'd like to we'd like the shift to go towards the high quality and providing right and so thinking about food on a spectrum we have foods, and typically foods in a less processed state have more of those nutrients than foods in a more processed state because the act of processing removes the nutrients from the diet. So taking the mighty potato as an example, you know, the potato actually has a lot of nutrition. People are surprised, like a baked potato has vitamin C in it. Right. The skin has fiber. Yeah. It's a great source of potassium. Mm -hmm. And it's yummy. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. It's a food I enjoy eating, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So the thought that I could never eat it again because my blood sugar is as high, emotionally that's sad for me, but I think nutritionally it's also, you know, not helping me. But when I think about what we do to a potato, yeah. whether we, you know, chop it up and add some cheese and milk and make it into scallop potatoes, or we fry it and make it into french fries, or we extrude it and we make it into some sort of puffed thing. Right, or instant potatoes, high, highly processed stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So we see it on the spectrum and we recognize when I take it from its kind of... Um, simple, unassuming form of the potato, yeah. and I process it heavily, I'm actually removing the nutrients from that food. Right, and then, and that, you know, so when we can see food on a spectrum, it allows us to think about how can I, you know, move maybe towards the higher nutrient end of the spectrum, and not that we always have to be there, but we can think about you know, the, moving towards that direction or increasing them on that spectrum of higher nutrient density versus the highly processed item. Exactly. So let's look back at uh, variety and diversity, because that's a piece of it, um, provided by, say, like a balanced meal. So um, Migret, can you describe sort of this idea of this we call it, it's a model called the plate method, or a, we, it's a meal mix. Oh, a visualization. A visualization that gives us that idea of the balance and sure. the, getting the variety and diversity in our meal. Yeah, so instead of trying to think about what you can have, looking at a plate and saying, how can I provide? And so a lot of times we divide the plate up into low-carbohydrate vegetables, and if you can imagine those on the left-hand side, 
you know, if they could take up half the plate, that would be terrific. I know that's not always going to happen, but, you know, breakfast, I don't eat that. I don't eat vegetables for breakfast. So, you know, yeah. it's it's pretty much a lunch and dinner model for me. Yeah. But having half my plate be vegetables is great. And then a quarter of my plate being protein. And that protein could come from, you know, chicken or fish. It can come from eggs. It can come from things like cottage cheese or tofu. Mm -hmm. It can come from steak or hamburger. It can come from a lot of different sources. And then a quarter of my plate is going to come from those carbohydrate-containing foods like pasta, bread, rice. It can also come from carbohydrates in milk or yogurt or carbohydrates in fruit and fruit juice, as well as desserts like brownies and ice cream. Hey, they count, and they can definitely be part of your diet. They could, and just sort of, well, we're going to dig into some of those things in further episodes to get down a little bit, but there there can be that, you know, every once in a while you're sort of, how can I fit that in versus being completely restrictive about it? Absolutely, and um, we talk about it in our class as well. We do. Which I think is great, too. And I do want to add to our plate, we have that division, that, that visual, and it's always good to think about, well, how can I add in some additional flavor through fats, spices, and herbs to, yes. to make it more of an enjoyable experience? And really what we're getting from that that plate model that you said, we're getting our uh, what we call the macronutrients, carbohydrate, protein, and fat from mm-hmm. that combination. And they do, they help us to feel satiated meet our nutritional needs. Mm-hmm. So those are a couple of key, key and, values there. And within those macronutrients, we find all of our micronutrients. And our micronutrients are the vitamins, the minerals, the fiber, antioxidants, and those kinds of things as well. So those, those micronutrients are the things that we're getting in small doses, but we get them from eating high-quality foods. Right, right. So it is important to personalize your plan so we're going to encourage you to start with, first of all, with what you like. I think that's an excellent suggestion. Yeah, start with what you like and then start to experiment. Again, another excellent suggestion because whatever you do, it's probably not going to work. You're going to need to tweak it. Yeah. So if you think, I have to get it right off, right off the gate, you're not going to be successful. Exactly. So, and, and don't forget about pausing, which allows you to tune into your body to just see like how did that how did that meal come together did that work you know Mm -hmm. for me um you know and i think that we we hear a lot of things from our clients about what they've tried or what Mm -hmm. they're doing Mm -hmm. and i think it's fair to say that the word is out that salads are like king Mm. (laughs) so everybody says oh i'm eating more salads i'm eating more salads you know i hear this over and over again um I have salad for lunch. I had it five days a week, you know, Mm -hmm. and so, but what we're here to say that, you know, salads are great. They can be really tasty. They can be nourishing, but they're not the only vegetables out there. Mm -hmm. And that can be a meal where I find that the, that balance that you just talked about with the plate is completely lacking. Mm. Um, It's sometimes just the vegetables and some dressing. And no protein. There's no protein, no, no carbohyd- dense carbohydrate at all. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll we'll have to include in our show notes a great resource, which is called Salad for Supper. Mm. And it really tells you how to 
put that together? Mm. Do you get every element? It's it's a great great example of how to balance it out. Um, so we do want to say that with these, um, uh, we we're starting to give you some ideas about how nutrition is the foundation of health and how it can help diabetes, but. What, what would you say about our classes in terms of expanding on that? Well, we have two nutrition classes, and the first one is just kind of understanding kind of the nuts and bolts of building a healthy diet and what that would be. And then the second class, which is called Food Choices, really works on the menu and meal planning. So they work together, and I think they're a great complement. To they, they are. And we're going to have some good resources in our show notes. Excellent. And we are going to dig in further to... Nutrition. We have more episodes on nutrition. We do a lot in this series of podcasts. Yeah, so that that will add to this. So, what about lightening our load in this um, topic of nutrition? Well, I think the first one is just really recognizing that it does take some preparation in order to eat three meals a day. And it's a little bit like driving a car, you know. You need some skills, so you're not going to be great the first time you do it. So, when you start, trying to change your diet, give yourself time to um, kind of gain the skills of putting meals together and start one meal at a time. And you can often expand, say, okay, well, I had breakfast. It might not have been the best breakfast. What could I do to make it a little bit better? So moving towards your goal versus achieving your goal. So many times people think, if I didn't get it right, I'm going to quit. And I think, again, the message is start and adapt start and keep changing until it works for you right and I love the idea of just starting with one meal Mm. because you know it's it's a lot to take it all on like I'm gonna completely modify my diet right who has the time to do that no unless you're like I don't know who you are that has that time unemployed yeah unemployed but lots of money in the bank right Oprah Oprah maybe you hire your chef (laughs) but you know that's not who we expect you know, who comes to our office, or that's not our life either. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the, as we said, in the future episodes, we're going to actually talk more about carbs, meal prep and planning, and, but for now, I'd like to reference you to our show notes to get some more support about this topic. Thanks for listening. Bye. Wentworth Health Partners offers a variety of programs to support you on your health journey with diabetes. This includes our monthly support program, two nutrition classes, and our two diabetes self-management training classes. Our classes include Eating Well with Diabetes. This is our nutrition class that covers the essentials and offers a way to end the confusion and start you on a personalized plan to better eating with diabetes. Food Choices for Diabetes is our nutrition class that focuses on the strategies for making effective and painless changes to optimize your health with diabetes as you continue to build on nutrition. Living Well with Diabetes is our self-management class that will help you understand diabetes, learn about the goal of care, and discover how to live a vibrant life with diabetes. Health Choices for Diabetes is a self-management class that discusses ways to get active, develop strategies to overcome roadblocks, answer questions about medications, and identify what to do when managing illness. Additionally, individual appointments are available for diabetes education or nutrition consultation. Lastly, 
We all need support, so please join us for our monthly diabetes community education program. Meeting with your peers provides education and ideas on a variety of topics from nutrition to medications and self-compassion for people with diabetes. It's easy to participate in this free monthly program on Tuesday evenings at Wentworth Douglas Hospital. Please go to the Wentworth Douglas Hospital website, wdhospital.com. Click on the News and Events tab to see the monthly program topic. While there, you can find full descriptions of our programs under the Specialty and Services tab, which leads you to the Diabetes Services page.